Hi everyone, uh, this is our podcast on ESG. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself, John Dawson, FCPA, and uh, I have Jim Allenby here from Parvate and Paul Godoyan. Now, we're going to have a bit of a chat about ESG. Um, I've got a couple of questions personally as a, uh, a person who is involved in the finances and organisations. Um, gents, um, what, what, what are you seeing at the moment in terms of what's happening in ESG? What, give us uh, some background on what's, what's the current state of play. Thanks, John. Jim here. Um, what, what we're seeing in the market at the moment with ESG is, is a rapid, um, I guess, development of ESG as a topic. Um, and certainly we're seeing a huge momentum shift towards ESG being a, a real consideration um, and an expectation for companies. Um, not just within their organisations, but certainly outside. So whether that's investors, banks, um, society in general, customers, all stakeholders are now looking at ESG as a really important part of decision making um, and certainly an important part of behaviour. Um, and then when we link in the, the finances and the access to capital, we're just seeing a big momentum shift towards ESG being something that companies are considering now, not in the future. And um, certainly speaking for myself, and I'll certainly throw over to Paul, this time last year, we were one year into into Parvate, so early 2021, you know, we were seeing companies saying, yeah, we'll get to that next, we'll get to that when we need to. Um, 2022 came across, started to get a bit more interest, a bit more um, urgency, I guess, to understand this better. And now that we're into early 2023, um, we're seeing companies start to go, you know, it's now time to really engage right. in this and, and get some solid data behind us. Is, is that because of the uh, the Paris Agreement and, and what's happening in Europe in terms of, so in 2023, 50,000 organisations are mandated to report on, on ESG, so that, that that's the, I, I don't have a lot of information on this, but what, what what's the feeling about some of that stuff? Yeah, Paul here, thanks, uh, John. Oh, look, uh, you've, we've seen a massive shift towards, uh, obviously, from climate change, mm-hmm. uh, you know, COP27, et cetera, the, the change in... Uh, What's know, COP27? Well, um, what is COP27? You know, it's, it's a, it was an, uh, an event that brought the, uh, the world's, uh, you know, important people together to work out how do we mm-hmm. reduce uh, the, the globe heating, basically. Right. So, right. Uh, in a sense, uh, the climate change, how do, we, how do we support stopping it heating at a rapid rate? Carbon emissions, carbon zero, net zero, all these targets have become a big part of ESG. Right. On top of that, I guess the, the other part in recent years has been uh, COVID. Mm. And so the social people part yep. has, has risen within that as well. So, um, and, and how do we look after people so that the governance, social and uh, environmental pieces have been uh, enhanced over probably the last two to three years, uh, almost exponentially in terms of relevance and, and everyone is aware of it. Um, and so uh, ESG as a, uh, a part of your organisation is really important at the moment. Yeah, I've absolutely seen that at board level, uh, and I've certainly been to a couple of meetings where every board member has said, you know, what are we doing about that, what, and, and putting it on the strategic agenda. Um, I guess the other the other thing is the net um, carbon, net zero carbon emission. Just can you just explain that to me a little bit because I've read bits and pieces. But so the goal is is it what year is it that we're talking about that needs to be net zero? Is that Oh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll just jump in there. I think mm. the idea of the COP27, and, and you guys have mentioned it, is to try and set some um, realistic 
attainable targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what we're seeing is, is yes, we can put a year on it. I think 2050, 2030. Some right. people are saying 2070. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, you look at you look at China. They may be looking at 2070. Um, mm-hmm. I think in Australia, hopefully 2030. More likely 2050. So yeah. these dates are changing, yeah. um, and they'll continue to change. And, and that's that's to be expected. Um, I think there's a massive sort of emphasis on technology helping us get there. Mm. Um, so a lot of there are uh, unknowns in how we're actually going to get to net zero, and and there's quite a lot of skepticism around it. Yeah. Um, and I and I certainly understand the skepticism. I mean, we we deal with it day in day out, and. And no one's really sure how we're going to get there. Mm. Um, something we notice as an organisation, though, whether it's environmental disclosures, people, culture, governance, it's about understanding what it is and setting up some realistic targets and some methods for getting there. Um, it's all well and good to say, you know, Parvate are going to be net zero next year. But realistically, there's got to be a lot more thought go into it. And, and you've got to keep your business running. You've got to maintain a number of employees and staff. And, and it and there's a lot more considerations than just cutting emissions. It's a pattern of behaviour. It's it's a certain, it's a way of doing things that we're all trying to figure out. Um, and I think it's um, you know I think it's really difficult for organisations to do that without a an understanding of the topic and an understanding of, of how we're going to do it better. So you know there's a lot of twenty I think it was twenty thirty was the first target, and then you know COP twenty five, COP twenty six, COP twenty seven. It's we're not a lot closer than what we were um, a few years ago because we're just seeing technology maybe not keep up in the rate that we thought it might do yeah absolutely um well, i guess that sort of leads me into my next thought is, is you know how does that affect me so being in the accounting profession and, and in that area I and mean, what what impact is that going to have on reporting what am i going to have to do uh you know personally am i still going to be able to buy diesel the pump uh you know that for the uh, for the family trucks uh, that sort of stuff so uh, what, what? How do we? I guess I've already made that into two different questions. But no, no, I understand. Yeah. I think um, you know, as an accountant or as a CFO or as a company secretary, that's that's the person within an organisation we deal with the most. Right. Um, this is being considered a, another or a compliance type risk or opportunity for a company. Um, you accountants and CFOs and COSECs are very good at your um, your spreadsheets, as we've we've noticed and, and are very impressed daily daily by those. Um, and as much as it's uh, you know there is a lot of the words and numbers out there, it's it is going down to the COSECs, CFOs, um, and these type of people to to measure this data, collect this data. And something we're noticing is is we can help. Um, these people collate this data, or at least know what they need to collate. Mm-hmm. That at least gives a good start um, on this process. So, a- as an accountant, John, I-, I have to say you're probably going to have to add in another couple of columns onto your spreadsheet. Oh, I love those columns. Paul, Paul did you have anything to add to that at all? No, well, I think that uh, well, there is actually. Yes, um, you know, the compliance piece is where we start, um, but what we also want to do is help organisations get beyond compliance. I think that's. Uh, if you ask what the philosophy of Parvate was, it wasn't. It was beyond compliance. Um, what do we do for the right reasons? You know, at the right time, uh, etc. So, uh, not just about ticking the boxes, but about actually living some of these these parts of helping uh, people and planet uh, improve uh, for societal benefit. Yeah, and and certainly agree there with Paul. I mean, one one of our catch phrases was it's add value beyond compliance um esg is it is a compliance industry but there is more value to be added um and i just get the second party question about diesel at the pumps Mm. um we're going to see the price go up right Um, we've already seen the price go up um 
I don't think there's any getting away from it. And, and that's certainly part of the, um, the TCFD, which is the Task Force for Climate Related Financial Disclosure. Part of that is allowing for the cost of doing business to go up in the future. Um, and based on climate change, and, and one of the things that happens with climate change is access to energy and access to things that produce emissions are going to be more expensive because companies need to either offset them or find a way of, of doing them cheaper, better, um, with less emissions. So, so the cost of things like fossil fuels is, is no doubt going to increase. You've just put a spanner in my five-year plan, but okay, thanks. Um, so what do you, what do you gents see next um, on the horizon? Is there something um, noteworthy? I think what, what certainly what I'm seeing, and Paul will jump in in a sec here, what I'm seeing, like I mentioned at the start, what's next is a lot of people are starting to understand that this is something that needs to be done. Um, we have daily meetings and weekly meetings with, with accounting firms, legal firms, banks, um, ESG sort of funds that, that we have linked in-house, which, which we're very fortunate about and very excited about. And this is now a, a consideration day-to-day. So I think what's going to happen next is it's going to grow more, even more momentum. And I think what we're seeing is companies that are living it in their day-to-day um, lives and their day-to-day business practice are going to have a huge advantage over those that wait, 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 and then trying to sort of panic and, and cobble together an ESG report when it does become mandated as... You know, you do it or, you know, you're getting getting threatened with various regulatory or, or financial penalties. So I think we're going to see the companies that are really um, on the front foot with this um, are going to are going to see a, a natural performance increase. And they're also going to see that they're quite desirable to staff. Right. I think there's a, in a general sense, there's a mindset shift uh, to think about these things more and take the them into account when making decisions. And, and that can be for an organisation, but I think ultimately uh, the, the role of ESG performance is for every individual to improve their own, you know, I mean, you know, often you start with yourself first in your own backyard uh, to improve right. things. So I think that's an important part of ESG is that it's not just big organisations, although they have a, obviously a, an important role because they have uh, a lot of emissions potentially, they have a lot of staff, uh, but ultimately within that, that those staff individuals get to make decisions on who they work for, what they do and how they do it. One final question then, uh, at the risk of stretching your predictive capacities, um, <laughs> how, how do you see the impact on the average person? Do you think this will be an improvement? I mean, obviously, saving the planet's an important one and uh, having a planet to live on is pretty important, but uh, for people in their day-to-day lives, um, what sort of obvious impacts are going to roll out of the back of this? I mean, you've spoken uh, broadly about improvements to employment conditions, those sorts of things, and I think, you know, obviously the psychology and the and look Looking after people better, having organisations accountable will be an improvement. Is, it, is there anything else that you can see there that's readily identifiable as a, as a thing that might be uh, useful for just people in general? I think, um, I think something I've certainly seen, having been to a lot of conferences on climate change and, and various other things as well, is this is going to become, it is going to become part of day-to-day life. Um, we are going to have to back, make better decisions on on most things we do, whether it's you know catching a train rather than driving, or you know recycling properly, or taking a keep cup out with you when you get a coffee. Um, so I think you know in day to day life for for the average person, 
um, it, it's just going to be making better decisions more often. Um, and I think, you know, like Paul mentioned and you've mentioned, big organisations have got a lot to do here and obviously cutting down emissions and workplace conditions and supply chain and all these things that we cover are certainly something that can be done at a large scale. But certainly us as individuals, if we can make more good decisions and, and every little decision adds up, that's going to be the thing that certainly has this cultural shift towards um, a better way of, of doing business, a better way of living and, and certainly longevity in in a, in a company in you know in the planet and also in relationships so i think my view is if we can all make better decisions more often we'll be okay um if we wait to try and make a really big decision at the last minute it's probably going to become a little bit more difficult yeah, that pragmatic approach i think is important smaller organizations may say well what effect are we going to have we're just a smaller organization we're just an individual but obviously we know you put a number of those together and that that can change uh, the course of how things occur so I think um, you know it doesn't matter what size you are whether you're a big conglomerate or a, or a, a small you know uh, individual um, sole trader etc you can make changes mm. uh, to improve things for people and planet wonderful all right thanks for your time today guys uh, thank you Jim thank you Paul um, yeah Astra. appreciate that if you uh, are interested in what you've heard today please follow us and like us if you've got any comments or uh, questions please leave them as well thanks for your time and uh, look forward to catching up again with you soon the content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. Parvate is not a financial advisor. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in the podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Parvate or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments. In this or any other jurisdiction in which solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.